Hey, Dad, we just watched an adventure in space and time, which is a biopic mm. made essentially by Mark Gaddis, who's been wanting to make it since 2003, but he finally got around to actually being able to make it in 2013, yeah. uh, to commemorate the 50th anniversary of Doctor Who. And it, what, what's it about? Uh, well, I'm going to preface it right now that you were very emotional and I was not, so I'm probably going to rip this in two. Uh, but... Like you said, it was a biopic, and it was mostly a bar about um, William Hartnell uh, and and his experience on Doctor Who and things like that, and like how he didn't want to leave, and just 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 a day in the life of William Hartnell and how his brain got all fucky wucky, and it wasn't great. So, cool. yeah. Sorry, you hate it. I love it. Cool. End of the podcast. Mm-hmm. Do you want, I mean, I'm going to explain it scene by scene as per usual, but it just... It's, that's just pretty much the gist of it, is what we got. Um, we we also do a lot of flash-forwards and flashbacks, which is a little bit confusing if you didn't really get it the first time, which I kind of didn't, but then I understood the second time and it's fine. Um, we see a TARDIS actually hanging out in a park, but it's not just any TARDIS, it's actually just a police box. And there's a car that pulls up that has expired tags, and uh, a man walks out of said TARDIS, and... Not just expired tags, but it specifically tells you what the date is. It tells you it's October 1966. Yes. So, a man walks out of said TARDIS, and the person in the car is... It's It's a police box, too. You gotta let me read my notes how I wrote them, please. What? God, you gotta let past dear future dear read what past dear wrote, cause past dear is a fucking idiot. Okay, that's the funny, that's the funny bit, right? So, it's it's the doctor, it's William Hartnell, um, and the the policeman is like, hey, or sorry, the Bobby. It's like, hey, uh, you need to move the car, you're in the way. And then we cut to someone knocking on a door, asking for William Hartnell if he's ready, and he yells back at the person because he's really cranky. And we see some men in the Cybermen costume smoking and relaxing. And he's really hot in his outfit, but no one is ready. And Hartnell comes onto the set, and everyone's like, shut the fuck up, he's here. Um, because apparently everyone thinks he's a piece of shit or something. I don't really understand that bit, but Well, whatever. he's the big cheese. I... He's touchy. He's hard to work with. He's, he is the show. I guess. I guess I just don't feel like they should treat him like an asshole. Anyway, um, he walks up to the console and starts to imagine the TARDIS going about its things and time traveling back to 1963. And we see that, but like the clock spins over to 1963 into a flashback. And someone pulls up to the BBC up towards and walks up towards the recording department. And someone's like, you got a fucking pass? And he's like, no, well, you need a pass. You see this face? I don't need a pass. And he's like, why don't you look it up on Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia editable by Hey, everybody. dear, did huh. you recognize that security guard, by the way? Nope. That was William Russell, who played Ian. Okay. You you had a lot of moments like that. You were like, that's this person. Did you recognize them? And I'm just like, no. Well, you have to remember they're going to be way older than they initially were. 
Yeah, I'm just saying, like, I didn't recognize... Well, I also anyone. was trying to give you benefit of the doubt. I wasn't going to treat you like a child and go, that's this person. I was going to be like, hey, if you didn't notice... Because, mm-hmm. hey, I'm, I'm, I don't think you're an idiot. I think you might have been able to extrapolate, hey, that person kind of looks a little bit familiar. I wonder if it's this person. I am an idiot. Well, no, you're not. A little bit. It's fine. Um, he walks up to the console, imagines his things. Um... We go to the BBC, and they're trying to figure out what to put in a 25-minute gap that has nothing. And the head of his department, I believe, is basically going, it needs to be fun. Um, We're not really sure if sci-fi is good enough, but I'm a producer. I like these things. This is what I want to do. And then we cut to a very 60s party going on, and everybody, like jamming and wiggling back and forth and they're gossiping about one lady being pregnant and one name's Jackie and the other is Verity um and they're excited about the first woman in space the first woman in space who knew the Russians could do it and then suddenly there's a phone call and they ask Verity about doing sci-fi and shit and how to make it and they're talking to her about the show and she, we cut to like her talking with a producer, and they're like, "We want a good-looking couple, and a quirky old man, and a kid, and all this stuff." And they want to teach kids history, apparently. And talks about how there's a doctor, but we'll get to that. And she's like, "I don't want to be your." She's like, "What the fuck are you talking about? You're gonna produce it. Like Russia put a lady in space. We can at least do that to one up them, sort of thing." Um. And also, she worked with him, and he wanted someone that he thought was full of, quote, piss and vinegar, and she did have piss and vinegar. To, to, to put it in perspective, what she was meaning was that, like, I don't understand why you're telling me the show, because she was kind of just assuming that he was doing it, and he wanted her to work with him again. Yeah. When she didn't want to just work under someone. She wanted yeah. to work above it. And the piss and vinegar... Uh, is basically he wanted someone who wouldn't be pushed over by everyone like he wouldn't he to put it bluntly he wouldn't put a woman in charge if she couldn't deal with all the the sexist assholes going yeah. around yeah um which and is why he appointed her uh yes, we see it's the 60s we see Lee hartnell watching himself on tv while his granddaughter and daughter are playing with dolls and then the granddaughter like tries to play with him or something and he's like fuck off you piece of shit and doesn't realize kind of what he said and she runs off crying and she's and her his daughter basically goes like why'd you do that he's like do what she got fucking paper for ears and then she leaves and cloth, cloth sorry cloth ears um and then the new producer lady is here and ready to make a thing and she drives up and she walks inside of the halo with Master Chief, and women are laughing at her, men are staring at her, and it's really obvious that no one thinks she could do this, and they don't understand what she's doing there. And they start, they're starting to look around for the face of the doctor, and these two dudes are in her office and ask why the fuck she's there, and they're ignoring her entirely, and also treating her like shit <coughs> for everything she says. And one of them even takes her side for a word about some shit, and suddenly Hartnell is getting a call from the BBC. Oh boy! 
and he's talking about how he's going to start some fucking fights because of everything and he basically says the other guy that's being a piece of shit to you is going to be your mentor and that's just how it works and she's like no 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 and the other one is apparently the technical part of it and he invented a whole bunch of cool shit that the BBC uses and wow Hartnell is talking to his daughter about the part and honestly I was more interested in the dog at the time and <laughs> it's a really good dog and she's just like explaining it to him and then at the last second she's like oh yeah it's a kid show and just like fucks off and he's just like the fuck did you just fucking what because he didn't want to do a kid show um, the other guy has now left I don't know if she fired him I don't know any of that, or if he just left. Okay, so he he was initially meant to be the director of um he he was the director of the first episode. He was meant to be the director of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he essentially um he essentially kicked up so much of a fuss uh that because of everything going on the the shitty shitty everything going on, Verity essentially uh, pushing him around. um, Mm -hmm. That fucking woman. I believe he just left. Mm. Um, I can try and look it up, but I believe he just got fucking fed up with it. Um, Mm, He also, fun fact, fun fact, he he directed the gunfighters and contributed lyrics to the song The Ballad of the Last Chance Saloon, Mm. but he requested the director's credit be removed from the closing captions of uh, the final episode due to a disagreement over the editing of the gunfighting sequence. He was a bit of a shit guy to work with. Noted. Um, So, there's a new guy that walks in. And he's like, this fucking caveman script is fucking shit. Like, what are you fucking wanna gonna do? And they're like, okay, well, that's not the worst of it. We're in Studio D, which is really shitty, and the sprinklers go off when it's hot. Remember that. And now they're getting drinks at a bar, and the bartender is racist slash and or anti-Semitic and ignores him. So she comes up and she's like, fucking give me the drinks that I want. And he's like, fuck, fine, Jesus, fuck fucking crazy woman and they're going to show all the men up here and everyone of them apparently thinks that she uh, was laid to get the job and that she didn't get it of her own because she's volition, a woman because of course and also I've I've found it he begged to be put taken off Doctor Who <laughs> <and be reassigned. laughs> okay um so Hartnell is talking now with the two of them to figure out the job or whatever the theme with the theme of Doctor Who playing in the background while they're making it and they even show how the sound of the TARDIS is made it's like some house keys I believe on a piano wire or just a wire house keys on a piano wire gotcha just up and down yeah so Bill is perfect for it because he's cranky obviously but also because he has a spark that they they want and everyone is here to take photos for the show and eat with Ian and Barbara and Susan, quote unquote. And Hartnell is reading his lines and telling his granddaughter all about it. And everyone is very excited. 
and everyone is practicing their lines together now on the set about how they meet. And the TARDIS set is apparently delayed because the she's a woman and no one wants to fucking work with her. And he's also worried the doctor's too abrasive and he wants to know where the twinkle is. Where's that twinkle? Where's the twinkle? Hashtag where's the twinkle? Uh, in the twinkie. Oh. Yeah, so... Uh, Hartnell's, like, trying to figure out what the fuck is happening, and he's kind of getting grumpy. And then everyone fucking steps in to shut him the fuck up by giving him compliments, and... Pop, 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 and... Pop, pop, pop. Yeah, the the producer's like, wow, man, I loved you in that one movie that you were so good in. What what was the name of it again? Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> that sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and you were great in that other thing. Uh, what, what was it? Oh, that's right. You were amazing in it. Yep. Sure, they're, they're brilliant. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, 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 I thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Sydney basically tells her off to be a fucking producer already and get shit done because if she doesn't, like, it's her own fault. And so she storms back to design and pulls the seat up saying that she can be very, very, very patient. And <laughs> tells the, the art director that if he really tries, it'd be the best thing he probably ever thought of. And But he obviously doesn't want to try. So, you know, that's that's okay. That's on him. You know, that's understandable. Like, the, the show just wouldn't be the same without him. Like, that sort of shit. And so he takes, like, what was it? A needle and thread, or a thread spool. A, a piece- spool, a cigarette ash tray uh-huh and the the grid sort of holy paper well there was like a third thing on the console but yeah no uh he puts all these things together and then it's built wowee and it takes up half the fucking set and the cavemen are arguing about their teeth and there's also some racism about how warren uh warris warris sh- should be used to the heat and because he's in and another dude tells the racist cameraman to shut the fuck up and everyone's like really sweating and the studio's getting really hot and so they start recording and everyone is coming into the TARDIS set and everyone is having a whole bunch of trouble filming because the area is very small and everything went wrong apparently like the doors opening on their own and the sprinklers going off because it's hot so there's that which is very fun Mm-hmm. Uh, Sydney wants to change the opening titles and redo the entire episode and she's pretty much like no fuck that over my dead body and he pretty much goes yeah I'll do that sure I, I can arrange that and it's kind of interesting and Hartnell is upset she stands her fucking ground and I'm glad she did well yeah but it's just interesting of a reply is what I'm saying yeah so, Hartnell is upset that they need to redo the episode, and but he does want to change the Doctor up, and so they both kind of agree on that, that the Doctor's too abrasive, and they're like, he needs that spark, he needs to be fun. And she also then tells the others that they need to reshoot the episode, and they do, but he is flubbing his lights, so there's a ton of fucking edits to be done, like four but then they did it! The show pilot is done! Woo! Woo! There's 
Some new scripts coming, though, for the next episode from some guy named Terry about robots, but... Uh, it's not robots. But Sydney is like, no robots! And she's like, no, they're not robots, I swear. And we see someone unwrapping some stuff, and it's while he's rereading the script about the Daleks. And it kind of plays the idea that it's like both talking about a Dalek and also a fucking gun being unwrapped. And actually, it was showing off that Kidney was shot. Kidney. <laughs> Kit Kennedy was shot, so... Kennedy was shot. Nothing bad happens to the Kennedys. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. And so Hartnell is watching and waiting for the episode and like figuring everything out and then it switches over to the news and he's like Kennedy has been shot and he turns the TV off and he's like no one's going to watch it they'll be watching the news instead and they come up and basically tell Sydney she's way over budget but it's more that she doesn't know what she's doing and they aren't to do more than four episodes that they already have in production so Sydney decides to tell her and uh, sorry, there's like no breaks in this one. Um, she's arguing for the Daleks super hard because she really believes in it. And she explains like what they actually are, like the whole point that why they're not robots and stuff. And he's like, wow, you really are piss and vinegar all the way. And oh boy. So Sydney will talk to the higher ups about everything. And she says she wants a rerun of the episode because, you know, Kennedy got shot and that kind of dominated the fucking news. So, the real reason, this is, the, there are slight deviations between sort of documented history and, and, and this, purely because, well, you need to make it a better story. Mm -hmm. um, so, the whole, him reading the script while Kennedy's being assassinated, technically the timeline's a bit skewed there. The, mm -hmm. the episode had already been commissioned by the time Kennedy had been shot. Um, in fact, he was shot, kind of ironically, whilst the episode The Survivors was being recorded. Um, and they had to disrupt the taping because of what was going on. Mm -hmm. And the reason she wanted a uh, rerun in real life was because it wasn't actually the Kennedy assassination that caused uh, people not to see it. It's because apparently there was a, a massive blackout that prevented people from being able to watch it. Mm -hmm. um, like a massive blackout that covered a lot of, uh, a lot of people's houses so she was like i want a fucking another chance give me another fucking chance yeah and they did oh that's nice of them um where am i so we see a man getting into a dalek and rolling it around and everyone's making fun of it talking about how it's gonna eat beat some eggs and stuff and then they're shooting the newest episode, but everyone's actually really intense about it, and you could kind of feel it near. And you can even kind of see them talk about, like, wow, these things are actually kind of fucking creepy. Like, wow, what have we done? And we cut back to the streets of London, but everyone is watching the hell out of Doctor Who, apparently. Um, even the Hartnells, yeah. which uh, his daughter is excited about her grandpa being the Doctor, and then we see her on a bus. I I keep saying her. What's her actual name? 
Verity. Verity on a bus. Um, Verity Lambert. How do you how do you forget a name like that? Because I have a shit memory. That's true. Um, she's on a bus and she is really tired. But then suddenly a bunch of kids stand up and start screaming exterminate and shooting finger guns at everybody. And she's like, wow. And she comes in to tell everybody, but now Sydney wants to see her. So that's not good news, right? <coughs> oh, oh no. Oh no. They had apparently 10 million 69 viewers. Nice. Um, what? <laughs> what? Do you want to know the actual, like, viewing figures for it. I just said 10 million and 69 as a joke, but sure, go ahead. I mean, he said 10 million, which it was. It was 10 million, and they sustained those those viewing figures quite a long time. Like, I think a lot of people forget just how fucking watched Doctor Who was. Mm-hmm. Um, like, at its, at, at its peak, the, the Dalek story, so it started out with 6.9 million viewers. Nice. Mm-hmm. And it steadily grew from, like, episode 3 is 8.9 million, episode 4, 9.9 million, and then from there it's, like, 10.4 million, 10.4 million. And, like, it continues for quite a bit. Like, there are dips in quality, but, like... Yeah. It just... They fucking keep going. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was a really fucking popular show. Um, and... People complain now, like, oh man, fucking... Ever since the 80s, people have started complaining about Doctor Who. <laughs> I mean, that's usually Saying, a sign it's of a good terrible show, now. isn't it? We should have... We, we it, it, it's gone terrible now. The people in charge don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And now it's happened again, now that there's a, a new showrunner and a new Doctor who's a woman. So mm. it's like, oh, well... And they made a terrible decision. The Doctor's not meant to be a woman. Yeah. Um, it's, it's... The answer to which is always, listen, it's Doctor Who. If you don't like it, mm-hmm. it'll change in a few years. Anyway. Yeah. Doctor Who goes on. Things change, people change, Doctor Who is forever. Isn't that usually the sign of a good show, is that everyone has a different opinion about it, though? Yes. So? Like, you... The, the thing is, like... You ask a lot of people, um, like, okay, I, I semi-regularly talk about, quote, the golden age of Doctor Who. It's kind of a myth. Um, mm-hmm. There wasn't really a, such a thing as the golden age of Doctor Who. Typically what it means is the, the 70s run from about 74 to 81, because that's when a lot of people who are adults now ended up watching the show. Yeah. Like, my parents watched it when they grew up, and that was their their era of Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, for a lot of people, it's like, oh yeah, the fourth Doctor's the best, because like that was when it was really good. It's like, I mean, yeah, it was really good, but it's like, it's, it doesn't mean the rest of it's shit. It just yeah. means that's what you watched. Anyway, yeah. keep going. Uh, so, we cut back to the current daytime machine, and it goes forward by a year. So, we're now seeing more shots from the show, Hartnell is making more mistakes, but everyone at the time is having fun with it. Uh, I, I forget what the, what he said. The, it was a dick joke. Basically. <laughs> and oh, everyone... Yeah, dick joke. Yeah, 
And then everyone is on the Marco Polo episode suddenly, the one that we never got to watch, but Ian got his cool-ass shirt from. And Susan comes out, and she's like, look at this dress I bought, isn't it so nice? And he's like, what the fuck, save your fucking money. Like, shows like this aren't forever. And Ian tells him, like, yeah, like, everybody is replaceable. replaceable. And then Hartnell's like, oh. Oh. And so he sends her apology flowers. Because as it starts to grow, you and Hartnell sort of get this feeling that the show is about him. He is the show. Mm -hmm. It's... He is the rock that, that keeps the show together. Everyone leaves. Everyone... Production sets change, people change, but he stays the same because the show is about him. It yeah. is intrinsically, he is the lifeblood of the show. Yeah. Um, so they're all at a party now, drinking and enjoying, and it's because War is, is headed off to India. And everyone's like, woo, go do your stuff, Warris, and, and he says goodbye. And Hartnell's daughter then comes up in the next scene in a Dalek playsuit, and they're showing off the merch. Granddaughter. For... Yeah. Um, and Hartnell's uh, daughter actually is hanging out with him on a bench in another scene, and a kid comes That's up. That's his wife. It keeps coming across as his fucking daughter. It's his wife. <sighs> okay. Well, because do they just have their granddaughter? I actually okay. I it actually could be his their daughter. No, it is granddaughter. Yeah, they just look after the granddaughter. Yeah, so that's why I was just confused. Like if it was his daughter or his wife, that's all. So if I fuck up from here forward, it, saying daughter, it's because I meant wife, I guess, or I don't know. Um. <laughs> so Hartnell and his wife are hanging out on a bench, and a kid comes up, and he's like, are you the doctor? And then he gives him an autograph, and then he asks if there's going to be more Daleks, because he really liked that. And then suddenly there's, like, 20 more fucking kids. So he's like, all right, let's go on an adventure. And he jogs around the park at a mid-pace and leads them on a jogging trek all around to try to find the TARDIS, and then he goes, oh, no, lark out. And pretends that there's a Dalek over there and everybody, all the kids run screaming into the woods, never to be seen again. It's really cute. I didn't say it wasn't. <sighs> I didn't say it wasn't. I know. I know. Um, so we then see them filming the Daleks on the London Bridge for that one episode. Um, and apparently one Dalek is just fucking it all up. And Hartnell basically has one of the actors come up and asks him if he could do something that would kind of change the script, but not really. And he's like, no, shut the fuck up, your idea's stupid. And he's actually really angry because Susan is leaving the show this episode. Sad face. Aww. And we're shooting the scene of, of leaving Susan, of course, and he starts to cry on set and forgets that Warris isn't on set anymore. And he's like, I'm going to go for a walk, Warris. And... I believe Ian and Barbara's actors basically kind of look at each other and go, he's been doing that a lot lately. And then we go forward a whole nother year. Ooh. Ooh. Hartnell is frustrated and tired as hell. And his wife daughter 
says that he should leave the show soon. And he, of course, doesn't want to because it's his show and the show wouldn't be the same without him. So the two of them recite lines in bed. And then we also see him coughing up a fucking lung into the sink because he's not okay. And so his yep. wife daughter talks to Verity about how he's having artery problems, actually. And he wouldn't tell Verity, so she has to. But she doesn't want him to stop acting because he really, really likes the show, but would like his burden to be lifted by just a little bit. Yeah, so, give him a little bit of a break. Yeah. She also, however, is also leaving. So she's got to go talk to her successor about that and let him know. Uh-oh. <sighs> so we cut to the doctor trying to record his lines, but he's forgetting every single one of them now. So he basically just asked to have some lines removed from the show because they really don't need those sorts of things. He's just like, I can do it with a look. Like, trust me, I can do it with a look. And Verity's like, okay, uh, but I need to talk to him. He's like, you know what? I need to talk to you, too. You're my rock. I couldn't do this without you. I could never imagine you leaving. And then she's like, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm sorry. I must leave you now. <laughs> my home planet needs me. Mm -hmm. uh, so they're having a goodbye party. And he leaves in the middle of it, actually, and hangs out on the set being sad. And she comes up and says, thank you for everything you've done, because it's because of him that she's in demand. And he's like, no, it's because of you. And he's like, she's like, no, it's because of you. <coughs> and I should really drink more water while doing this. He doesn't want things to change, though. And they're both sad about things changing. And we now see Steven and Dodo taking photos and they're filming again, and Hartnell is just being frustrating, but in reality, he's, uh, just... Okay. I... Damn it, oh past boy. year. In reality, he's just be consistent. And everyone is just being a pain, honestly. In, in reality, I'm pretty sure I meant that he's just having trouble, like, medically, and everyone's just kind of being a piece of shit about it, but whatever. Um, yeah. The problem is he's also kind of a piece of shit as well. Which yeah, makes it's, it's it hard. a double-edged sword. He's he's just kind of the only one that apparently knows how to turn on the TARDIS. And he's like, this needs to be happening. The thing in the middle needs to be moving. Like, very obvious stuff. And they're like, well, no one knows how to do that. And he's like, fine. I'll fucking do it. So he bends down and turns it off. And, or on, sorry. And... Everyone's being frustrated and shitty to him, and he's, like, forgetting his lines by staring at the camera because he had something happen to him. More than likely blood pressure, because I know how that goes. Um, yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Um, and everyone's like... Because, I mean, he... Hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, go ahead. No, 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 you go. Um, I, okay. Um... Everyone is frustrated, and he's like, uh, is basically like, wow, like, I can't believe he's doing this again, when, like, he's obviously, like, not okay, and they finally ask if him if he's okay, and he can't remember anything, actually, and walks off the stage, and now it's 1966, and it's Ben and Polly, woohoo! Woo, there they are! Ah! 
Everyone just keeps thinking that he's very difficult to work with, not just, you know, dying, but it's fine. And so they try to devise a plan, and Sydney has a pop, pop, pop to figure it out. And they're like, we need to do something. And so Sydney comes up with a pop, pop, pop. And Hartnell's granddaughter? Granddaughter. Wife. <sighs> is having a whole moment with her granddaughter is having a whole moment with her grandfather being like <laughs> I love that you didn't realize the mistake and now that you have it's impossible to read your notes <laughs> it's fine <sighs> um, they basically have a whole moment where she's like where are you going to next you'll always be the doctor right you'll always be the doctor right you'll do all the fun doctor things and he's like uh-huh. Yeah. Because he can't let his granddaughter down, of course. Yeah. Um, and she's pushing him more and more, of course. So Hartnell and Sydney plan a meeting because they both need to talk. And Hartnell stopped, starts and he's like, I, I think I should have some more time off. Like, I'm just not doing well enough to do this. And I really want to give it like 100% and blah, blah, blah. And Sydney's like, Mm, yeah, yeah but, mm, a good a, a extended time off maybe and Hartnell's like yeah no like and then I'll come back and be the doctor and Sydney's like mm, no <laughs> and <laughs> they don't really understand for a little bit so that was very fun and then they finally get the point across that they're going to replace him so we cut back to Hartnell uh, staring at that police box at the beginning and being entirely out of it. And the Bobby is happy to have met the doctor, though, and he's like, I'm gonna tell my kids that I met the doctor. And he's he's being British and shit, and Hartnell drives off. And he also decides to tell his daughter, wife, that he's leaving and everything. And he's like, yeah, like, I'm gonna go on to better stuff. And... It's going to be really good. But then she's like, okay, like if, if that's what you want. And then she starts to leave and he starts crying and goes, he doesn't want to leave the show. So flash forward <coughs> again to the final episode. And we see the new doctor going, hi, Mr. Hartnell. I am going to replace you. This is going to be really fun being on this show. I'm going to miss no. you. And he, <laughs> <laughs> He went, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm terrified. Nope. He was like, nope, I'm going to replace you. Bye, bitch. Die in hell, you piece of shit. Get the fuck out of here. No one wants you. I hope your daughter granddaughter comes to pick you up. <laughs> your daughter wife granddaughter. <laughs> oh, and so they turn the TARDIS on. And it swoops and it whoops and they start the shot. And it's where the doctor's saying goodbye and everything. And then we see for a moment that he takes a pause and looks over to the left. And we see fucking Matt Smith there. And I was just cackling my ass off because it just felt weirdly out of place. Okay, like, okay. No, okay. stop. I understand why how you explained it to me. No, I I'm do. going to ruin the moment even further for you. But Look it just felt screen. fucking weird. Uh-huh. Look at... 
look at the screen. Okay, uh -huh. you see this shot? He's obviously green screened in because it's not yes. meant to look like he's actually there. It's meant to be like <laughs> a more projection in his mind. Uh -huh. Now wait for it. Uh. Uh. Do you see anything wrong with this scene? No. He's meant oh. to be behind the <laughs> console, dear. He's not behind the console oh, anymore. His right. body has fused through the console. <laughs> Such a glaring editing issue. Honestly. Um, it's, it ruins that emotional moment. Um, it's, it's hilarious in how, how no one picked it up, picked up on it. It's something so simple. I mean, it's one of those things that no one is going to notice. If, like, one person okays it, everyone else would be like, okay, like, it's fine. And it just easily passes through like that. Yeah. Um, and I can tell you, a lot of people noticed it. Like, one mm -hmm. of the top comments on that video, which is an official video on the Doctor Who YouTube channel, is, Hey, BBC, if you want us to believe Matt Smith was really in that shot rather than being green screened, you might want to tell your visual effects people to put him behind the console rather than in front of it. Yeah. I... Yeah. I just, I still couldn't take that seriously, just because, like, there's a lot of stuff with the Matt Smith seasons that were just a little bit rough for me, and it was kind of what stopped me from watching Doctor Who, so I couldn't take Matt Smith being there seriously in the first place. Like, I get the symbolism, I do, it was still, like, weird to me. So, like, I... go ahead. Oh. I'll finish up and then we can get your opinion. How's that sound? Because we're almost done. Whatever. Okay. So we see Matt Smith is there and then a whole bunch of uh, things recounting each of the actors from where they went. Well, not the actors specifically, but like uh, Boris and Vanity and Matt Smith. Or no, not Matt Smith. Verity. Verity. Not Vanity. She's Verity. not a prince protege. <laughs> Verity, Warris, and... I hate my brain because I went to Mark Wahlberg. And... Oh my god. The Doctor. <laughs> are all like yeah, where they Mark went Wahlberg, from there. Mark Wahlberg, the Doctor. <laughs> yes. Where they all went from there. And, like, how he died, like, what was it, like, two, three years after, basically? Um, and then we kind of scroll back over the Doctor Who set, and we hear the Doctor's speech to Susan again. And we come over to one of their TVs where they record from, and his, his speech finishes out. And then we see the spooky shapes and things in the Doctor Oho entry thing, and... Then that's the the movie. Yep. So, also another thing about the Matt Smith being there. Mm -hmm. So, he flicks some switches and puts his hand on the dials. And it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek little reference to that actual scene in the Tenth Planet. Where uh, they have establishing shots of the TARDIS while he stands there and the switches are actually moving on their own accord. So it's kind of like, you know, a, a tongue-in-cheek reference of actually it's the ghost of Matt Smith doing it. Mm. Um, it's a little little tongue-in-cheek joke there. Mm -hmm. um, but it's... It's not the best well-done 
they could have done it a lot of better ways because it comes out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. Um, it, he shouldn't have been green screened in. Mm-hmm. What they try and do, okay, the reason why it doesn't work. Here's the reason why it doesn't work because it is from William Hartnell's perspective and they're trying to give him the conclusion of it does, like, trying to sort of burst through that fourth wall and tell him it does continue, it goes on forever and you are essentially immortalised because of this, because of your hard work. Um, The problem is, nowhere else in, in the biopic is that kind of established. There's up till that point it's all on board uh, everything in the movie itself um, there's the only thing that's kind of tongue in cheek are things that the audience notices but don't but aren't pointed out in the biopic like uh, past companions having cameo roles in in the biopic like they're yeah. not sort of pointed out and go hey didn't you play Susan aren't you actually Susan like no it's it's there for the audience to look at. So yeah. really, that moment shouldn't have been for Hartnell to notice that the show goes on. It should have been for the audience. So what it really mm-hmm. should have been was that he looks over and say some of the production... Uh, like, he goes... He looks over and sees the production like a cameraman, and that's Matt Smith or something. Yeah. Sort of a tongue-in-cheek thing to the audience to sort of go like, okay, you've seen Companions here and on. But, it, like, th- he's just talking about, like leaving the show he doesn't want to leave it is it ready to go on and Mm -hmm. you get sort of this green screen of matt smith when it's like wait what the fuck's going on he's here now um a lot of people take like a lot of people seem to not they seem to miss that the green screening is meant to be on purpose because he's not meant to actually be in that scene Mm -hmm. he's meant to be at sort of a visualization of what's going on in william hartnell's mind but because there's that disconnect, he really shouldn't have done it that way. Yeah. <laughs> they they I mean, should have had him in person and be more of an audience wink nod, not one for the character of William Hartnell. I I sort of feel like there's the... You know the ridiculous painting of the heroin addict and it, it's shooting up into Jesus as well? What? Okay, hold on. There's a photo... Of, like, when you do heroin, Jesus does it too. That sounds awesome. <laughs> um, it, it basically is, like, has a picture of, like, Jesus inside the person's arm in pain. Because he's also doing the heroin. And I sort of feel like there could have been not even... um. I guess what I'm basically just saying is, like, a fade-in of Matt Smith, like, at the controls, and then fading back to William Hartnell. Something like that would have just seemed a little bit stronger. I don't know. It, it's just yeah, it's even, so even weird if it's, to me. Even if it's, like, like they a, a, a cross-fade to, like, uh, Matt Smith at his console sort of going through the same thing of, like, on his last day, sort of like, are we ready to shoot my regeneration scene? Sort of like a crossfade to that to sort of be like, that would have been a better wink nod to the audience to have been like, mm-hmm. it goes on. It goes on for forever. It's not like, This it's is not fucking Hartnell seeing the future. No, it's not Hartnell getting this wink nod into the future because it, it, it doesn't really fit with the rest yeah. of the biopic. 
Um, yeah, they, they could have done it so many different ways, but I still think it, it does its job at mm-hmm. least in some face. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess I will preface it that, like, I probably, because of everything that's going on with me, with the fact that I have PTSD, uh, because of my health issues, I probably would have been more emotional at the fact that, like, William Hartnell is having literal fucking heart problems and memory problems, which I'm also, like, trying to fight currently. Like, I probably would have been more emotional watching this with you if we had watched it, like, I don't know, two weeks before this <laughs> or so. Um, so that, I I would say that's kind of my fault, but also it's, it's not, um, it's not. There's nothing I could have done about everything that's happened the past two weeks. So, I I do admit I probably could have taken it a little bit more seriously, but I'm just not in the mindset for it, which kind of sucks. Yeah, so, end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> completely. That's it. We're done. Yeah. Always. We were only watching we're... the first Doctor. No, yeah, that's completely it. We're never watching anything mm-hmm. ever again. Nope, never this again. This was a mistake. I regret it. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So anyway, anyway, we might, so I'm just going to go ahead and say we might um, have some other podcasts coming up in the future, but for the moment. Well, I, I don't want to really well, talk about it until we like actually plan it, because otherwise we're just saying, hey, no, there's I'm something saying, coming. Yeah, I'm saying that we're hopefully going to get another thing coming. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, but we've been saying that for like the past three fucking podcasts. I don't care. I want to get people I excited do. about talking with Spooky. I would rather, like, people get excited when we, like, know what it's going to be. Fair. Fair. (laughs) Rather than just be like, hey, there's something. Sometime. Yeah. And then the next week be like, hey, there's something. (laughs) Sometime. And then the next week be like, hey, there's something. (laughs) Sometime. Well, how else would you like to end this? Because I'm not rating this one. There's no point to rate it. No, you shouldn't rate this one. Um, Yeah. Two. Yeah, this is... Anyway. Wow, really? <laughs> no, God, no. I I was gonna say that legitimately would have hurt me if you no, rated it. No, God, too. no. I I as someone who likes watching documentaries, I have a little bit of trouble watching biopics, like remakes of things like this. But it wasn't that bad, honestly. The the thing that makes it worth it for me is that it doesn't take too many liberties. The the main liberties that they take are things like when he holds up the, 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 the Doctor Who book, the annual, where he's like, Ah, oh, look at this, this this is this is this is us uh, yeah. during the filming of um uh, the the Reign of Terror. That book came out technically like after the web planet, so it's like that's they wouldn't have had that book then, but it's like it doesn't really matter no, because it doesn't, it doesn't change things too much. Or like the Charles de Gaulle the de Gaulic cartoon. That came mm-hmm. out like a few months after the filming of that episode but it's like those are the types of liberties that they took yeah um, the stuff that doesn't like, matter yeah the thing is also the biopic gloss glosses over so many things like you only really get to see one or two directors like there are so many fucking direct like nearly every single episode had a different director um y- y- that's why like y- you don't see the other 
uh, showrunners either or the script editors. So many important people to Doctor Who because mm-hmm. like they gotta get like they gotta focus this thing. Um, yeah, and they do. But it's a uh, it's a good one. Anyway, yeah. next week is uh, the second Doctor. We're finally there. Um, one of my favorite Doctors. Um, and it's the power of the Daleks. A six part. Every single episode is missing, but that's okay because they have completely animated them all. Okay. And I know Deer's gonna hate it, so get ready for that one. Yay. Mm-hmm. You got anything you wanna say that isn't about any podcast? Mm, happy Halloween. Happy Halloween. Happy mm. happy Halloween. Yeah. Um, okay. Can, anyway. can I can I say that we're gonna try to do one on the 29th or no i mean you can if you really want to i mean i was gonna just mention that we're gonna try to shoot for another spooky movie night on the 29th um as a as a halloween bonus because it's fucking it's horror movies we might as well yeah may as well yeah 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 well well we'll give more details when we figure out what it's gonna be and when it's gonna be so yeah see you then Bye. Bye-bye.